Hi there, my name is Shelly and I'm a military wife and a mother of two. Hello, I'm Paula, a missionary in Puerto Rico. Paula, I'm Cindy, missionary to Mexico for the last 29 years. And today we are also joined by our friend, Amy Lostro. We're so glad you listening friends are coming along with us each week on this journey of discovering what really matters in life from a biblical and a practical perspective. Choices, they come at us from many sides, right? We choose to get up in the morning, what to wear, what to eat, or what to do with our time. No matter how old we are, it does matter that we make good choices because it will affect not only our lives, but also the lives of others. Our friend Amy had to make some tough choices that made a huge impact in her life and in the lives of her family. It's great to have you joining us today, Amy. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing so good. We're, um, I live in Miami and South Florida, and so we're in a bit of a quarantine right now like everyone else, <laughs> but we kind of took a step backwards this last week, so I'm um, just spending a lot of time around the pool with my family, and nobody else, just my family. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun. It sounds nice. So you have an amazing testimony to share with our listeners today. But before we dive into that part of your story, can you share with us a little bit about your family? Yes. So this um, this past summer in June, my husband and I celebrated 20 years of marriage, wow. which is super fun. Um, I have three kids. So my oldest son is about to turn 17. I have a 15-year-old son and an 11-year-old daughter. And I also have a Yorkie that I have to mention. I have a bit of a love affair with Yorkies. I love with Yorkies. And so I have to mention her. Her name is Charlotte. And um, yeah, so we live in Miami. We've lived here for about six years and we love it. It's so beautiful. We love the different cultures, all the different people that live here. And we especially love trying their food. Cuban is mm. our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, sounds very there's neat. There's a lot of Hispanics in, in Miami. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 I have a good friend from Puerto Rico. Actually, I know several people from Puerto Rico. Mm. Oh, very good. They're <laughs> great people. Yeah. <laughs> so eating all that Hispanic food, have you learned? Can you speak Spanish? <laughs> oh, no. No, it's terrible. You know, I grew up in West Virginia. I took two years of Spanish and I thought I'm never going to need this. I never you know, saw myself living in Miami ever. And so I moved here and I'm like, man, I should have paid better attention. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Eat enough hot chilies, you'll be able to speak Spanish. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's what they told me. It hasn't worked for me either, but just let like say it. <laughs> yeah, they used to tell me that as well. But yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty sweet. So you've been homeschooling. Yes, I have. Uh, and that's what's funny to me is I, I grew up in a public school, went to public school my whole life. And back in the 80s and 90s, you know, nobody really homeschooled. Um, so I only knew of, I think, one family that homeschooled. And I just thought it was the worst thing ever. I'm like, <laughs> who would do that to their kids? I'm like, they've, they've got to have social interactions and all of these things. And I was so anti-homeschooling. But my freshman year in college, when I was 18, God really moved in my heart and my mind and he just changed me completely and I became just all I wanted to do was get married have kids and homeschool my children um, hmm. my husband is one of nine kids 
and he was humbled. So um, I I feel so blessed that God, he literally made my dreams come true that I'm able to homeschool my kids uh, and stay at home with them. So how long have you been homeschooling and how has that gone for you all? Uh, so from the beginning, so my son, my oh, old, wow. almost 17. So yeah, we have always homeschooled and I love it. Um, it's worked out so great for our family. I love having control over their education and the, the children, their influences around them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm just watching them grow. Yeah. That's great. Pretty That's sweet. great. So do you like to teach the little guys or the big guys? You know, I'm 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 gonna be real honest here. Teaching a kid to read is a feat. So I'm glad I'm past that. <laughs> not, not in division. Division oh, yes. just about killed me. I thought it was gonna take me out. On kid number three, I'm like hard. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking about that. I am helping a, a girl, I'm tutoring a young girl on Mondays and Thursdays with multiplication. She does not get you have three groups of five. Rather than <laughs> counting them individually, you just have three groups of five, so it's 15. But she does not get that, you know, because, oh, okay, well, okay, three times, you know, three times six, add three more. So, yeah, so um, division, I'm sure, has to be even worse trying to mm-hmm. get that through their heads. <laughs> we used to we used to have a joke because you know when they teach you division you start with like oh six divided by three and then you get to they add another number and it'll be twenty four divided by three every time they added another number my my boys were like we don't know how to divide and I'd have to reteach them and so <laughs> it became this huge joke where they would actually like laugh and come up to me and be like mom I'm so sorry but I need help I don't know how to divide again <laughs> and so my husband would come home from work and he's like how is school and I'm like I taught the boys how to divide again <laughs> so, but now I'm past it I'm past it praise the lord yes <laughs> great wow well, good well, job. They say, they say this, um, the division, the way they teach in schools now is completely different from how we learn to do division. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's very different from what we learned, how, how we learned to divide. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm doing it the old way. I'm doing it the 80s and 90s way. Yes. What curriculum have you found works best for your family? So... That's the interesting thing about homeschooling is that um, that changes. Yes, absolutely. A lot. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we've used a lot of Abeka, and I've done the accredited version, the non. I mean, we've done everything. So, and I think that's a huge perk of homeschooling is that when you meet challenges and mm-hmm. things aren't working, maybe in just one subject for one kid or whatever, you can change course. Like you can totally um, change where you're going to better suit your kid. Yeah. So they're they're able to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. So um, life sometimes brings a lot of challenges for us, um, some some tough choices. Um, I got word that you've had a few cho- tough choices in your life. Can you tell us about I have. Um, you know, I grew up in a Christian home um, all my life. I mean, we were the family that was at church every time the doors were open. Um, my mom was a Sunday school teacher. My dad was a deacon. So my whole life has been church. 
that I don't remember a time where I didn't believe in Jesus. You know, God has always been a huge part of my life and church, but I've also gone through some things that have been hard. And um, what I love about that is that God has become so much more real to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Versus, you know, you read these Bible stories, God saved the Israelites, um, Noah and the ark with all the animals. And it's like, oh, that's a sweet story. But for me, you know, going through these hard things, God is more real because, yeah, he saved me from that. He did that for me. Um, And it gives you hope for the future when you're you're in a fearful situation or you're struggling with something. You can always look back and say, but look at what God did. Look at that miracle that he did for me. Mm -hmm. He's not just this invisible being that I pray to or this person that I read about in my Bible. God is real and he's here and he's with me Mm -hmm. and he's working miracles all the time. Yeah, very sweet. So tell us about some of the hard choices you had to make. So I've had some, some, a lot of um, pregnancy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my first baby to a miscarriage mm-hmm. very, very early on. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple months later, I got pregnant with my oldest son who is now almost 17. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't very far along with him and I started to have more complications. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went to the doctor and found out that I had a subchorionic hemorrhage, which is just a bleed inside of your uterus, that if it grows, could take your baby. Wow. And um, it was very scary. It's actually not super common from what I was told. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my doctor saying, you know, you, you're driving in your car and you slam the brakes on, you know, too suddenly or whatever, it could cause the bleed to spread and wow. Wow. baby or whatever. It was very, very scary, especially because I wanted a baby so bad and had just experienced this miscarriage. And so that pregnancy, I had so many doctor appointments, so many um, ultrasounds because they wanted to check this and make sure that it wasn't growing, that my baby was okay. Um, Eventually I did have a healthy baby boy. Hmm. So um, God worked a huge miracle where um, I gave birth to this perfectly healthy baby boy, Hmm. but it had left a lot of fear just dealing with that mm-hmm. of course so um, my second pregnancy I was like I'm not doing all these tests that the doctors recommend I don't want to do all these things because whatever happens I'm going to keep my baby and I just felt like I had spent that pregnancy with so much fear I just wanted a peaceful pregnancy and I was like God I'm just going to trust you that my baby is going to be safe and healthy and I don't want to worry be with me God and I made it all the way to 20 weeks when I went to find out the sex of my baby. And when I went to that appointment, they're whispering and talking and all of these things. And eventually I had to be referred to a specialist because my baby had a lemon shaped head. Mm. Which I, I wish I could remember the percentage, but it's almost a hundred percent of babies with lemon shaped heads have down syndrome. Wow. Oh, wow. So, um, I, you know, then here we go again. <laughs> so I'm going to the yeah. specialist. And um, so I see the specialist and they do an ultrasound and they're doing blood work. And um, because I had skipped some of those blood work tests along the way, I had missed an important test that they do to check for Down syndrome. They tried to do it at that point, but it was, I was too far in my pregnancy. And my doctor was like, you know, 
your baby's got down syndrome. And so, um, I just want to give you the option to abort your baby. Mm. And, um, I remember being super shocked because I thought, well, no, this is, you know, I'm not going to abort my baby. And he didn't know for certain. That was the other thing that was so odd to me hmm. is he 98, 99% sure, but he was still saying that I should abort. Um, he did also offer me to do an amniocentesis, which he said could put my baby at risk. I could lose my baby, but they might be able to tell if the baby had Down syndrome. Hmm. So, um, I didn't do any of that. Hmm. I just, I just didn't feel like we didn't feel God was leading us to do an amniocentesis and, um, an abortion was something that I would never even consider Hmm. no matter what. But, um, I, during that time we prayed a lot about it. And my husband just said that God had given him a peace. I would cry about it. My husband's like, Amy, stop. He's like, our baby is perfectly healthy. The doctors are wrong. Our baby does not have Down syndrome. And I'm like, why do you say this? And he's like, (laughs) God has given me a peace. (laughs) He's like, I don't know. I just know that God has given me a peace that the doctors are wrong. And I wish that I could go back and say that I took that peace that God gave my husband and accepted it for myself. Um, Didn't go there, huh? (laughs) No, no. You know, 20 weeks later, all the, this time goes by. My baby was born perfectly healthy. Oh, no wow. syndrome. Wow. No, wow. no medical issues whatsoever. Perfectly healthy. Hmm. Wow. Even in division and multiplication and division. <laughs> 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 and, and to think that you would miss that blessing today if you would have made that choice. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. how many others? I, you know, I don't share that story often, but I have shared it a few times on Facebook with friends. Mm-hmm. And every time I've shared it, several people say that that either happened to them or that someone in their family close to them had the same thing happen. Wow. And so it makes me wonder how many how many people have uh, have had abortions based on a doctor's yeah opinion knowing mm-hmm. right exactly yeah so thankfully you made the right choice but what about ladies who either felt forced into having an abortion or maybe actually have had one what words of encouragement do you have for them everyone makes mistakes mm-hmm. I, I mean we all we all do things that we regret as we go through life, you know, no one's perfect, Right. but God has grace to cover all of our mistakes. You're never, you're never out of reach from God's grace. You can't, you can't get away from it no matter how hard you try. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think if you've made a decision like that, you just need to realize that God forgives you. Um, mm-hmm. and that he loves you. Right. Right. His grace is far reaching. Yes. Very good. Well, and this is going a little bit off of where we run. um, But, you know, a lot of your fear, obviously, was attached to losing your first baby. What did you find was useful for you to overcome that fear, overcome that loss? Because that's a huge thing when, especially when you lose the first one, 
because that was your dream baby. And so what did you find helpful to you to get you past that fear to the point of, um, okay, I'm okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect with the fear thing. I, I am a worrier and that is something that has been a battle that I have fought over and over and over throughout my life. And recently I was reading um, an author that I love, a Christian author started talking about in this little email that she sent out about a casting bowl. And I'd never heard of it before, but she suggested that you just get a random bowl in your house, whatever, random mm-hmm. container. And when you start to worry about something, write that worry down on the piece of paper and give it to God and pray to God and say, God, you know, this is a fear. This is a worry that I'm dealing with right now, but I don't want it. I want to give it to you. And then you pray over that and you cast it into the bowl. And um, so I had read this idea and I thought, goodness gracious, I need to try this. And so <laughs> I did. And I did it. I did it for a few months. You know, every time I would worry, I would just write my worry down. I would pray over it. I would give it to God hmm. and cast it into my bowl. And I just went a few weeks ago. I decided I hadn't used it in a while. And I thought, let me just go look at my worries and see whatever happened with all of that. And so um, I went and, and counted them. And I had, I can't remember exactly. I want to say like 18 in my mm-hmm. casting bowl, 18 worries. And do you know that none of them came true? Mm. Very good. None of them. None of them. Like how much time do we waste worrying over things that never happen? Yeah. That's a great idea. Well, they say ninety-five percent. Well, they say ninety-five percent of our worries never come true, or I think the number is actually even higher, but it's mm-hmm. it's close to there. Well, mine was a hundred, so <laughs> you got a hundred percent. That is well not done. good. <laughs> I could have done better things with my time than all that worry. So. <laughs> A casting bowl is a good idea. I think I would need a casting bucket because I have probably a few more worries than would fit in a bowl. But yeah, it is. It's just laying them at the feet of Jesus. We give them to him. And instead of taking them back and keep worrying about it, just leave it at at the feet of Jesus. So, well, one thing I found that that works, you know, like when we're going to go grocery shopping, we're always think, oh, I need to get this. I need to get this. I need to get this. And we're, we're, our mind's going over and over and over that. But if we make a list, then our mind relaxes and, and it helps us. And I think with that writing down too, it's the same thing of, okay, it's wrote down. Now I can dump it. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't have Mm -hmm. to hang on to it. And then of course, taking it to the Lord. Yeah. Right. And having something, I think, well, for me personally, having something physical that I can do, like besides just praying about it, like remembering, right. okay, Amy, remember this morning when you cast that worry into your casting bowl? I, for me, it was very, very helpful. And then also, you know, if you're just keeping these worries fumbling around in your mind and you're not able to go back and look at them like I was, I mean, now I'm able right. to see, look at all that time. Yeah. That Mm-hmm. There's a quote that I love, and I have it written down on my phone. Worry is a waste of imagination. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Because yeah. <laughs> it steals our creative juices, right? It does. But having something tangible like that to just write it down and, you know, get it out of your out of your mind or even out of your sight. Yeah, very good. Right. I have something on the flip side. I, I will write down when there are blessings, and mm. I'll put them in a bucket. And then that way, when I'm discouraged, I'll go back through and look 
oh, one day I had a, a glass um, Pilot bowl that has a lid, mm. and anything that falls on the floor here breaks because the floor is cement, so everything breaks. And that day I, I had it and it slipped from my hands and it didn't break. I wrote that down and I put it in my box because, like, Lord, that that you protected that bowl from being broken, you know. So so yeah, Excellent. I have the flip side, but I like your idea and I'm going to do that. Well, that's really amazing to hear how God helped you on the fearful side of your pregnancies. I know you had some blessings that happened with your daughter, Audrey, and we'd love to hear about that. Yes. So, so I ended up before having my daughter, I did have another miscarriage, but um, soon after I was blessed with a baby girl, which I was dying to have a baby girl. I wanted a girl so bad. I loved my boys, but I wanted a girl. And so I was so excited. Um, oddly enough, I ended up with her having another subchorionic hemorrhage, which hmm. again is really rare. So it'd be super rare for someone to have two, but I ended up having one with her. Luckily that one healed pretty quickly and I was able to continue pretty normally. I did get my testing done this pregnancy though. I was mm. back to getting tested again <laughs> after, after the down syndrome scare. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and do all the doctor tests. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I made it, I made it to the delivery day. Everything was going super smoothly. I was in labor. Things were going perfect. Uh, the nurse came in and she checked me. She's like, everything's amazing. And she was getting ready to walk out when my doctor came in and he was on his lunch break and he's like, well, how are you doing? And um, just talking. And, you know, the lady had mentioned, the nurse mentioned that she had just checked me. Everything was going well. And he's like, okay, well, I won't check you then. He's like, you know, I wasn't going to come in. This was just a last minute decision. And we talked a little bit more. He turns to walk out. And then all of a sudden he turns and looks at me and says, you know what? I'm going to check you. I'm here. I know she just checked you, but I'm just going to check you real quick. And so he ended up checking and my daughter was coming down the birth canal with her arm wrapped completely around her head mm. in such a way that if she had continued down the birth canal, it would have severed nerve endings like in her arm, under her arm, and she mm. would have been paralyzed. Wow. Um, oh, wow. He did not tell me that because he knew that I was afraid of C-sections. I had told him before. So he did not tell me. He just looked at me and said, I am so sorry. And they immediately prepped me for an emergency C-section. They swooped my husband away. He explained everything to my husband without me there. So I had no idea. Hmm. Um, they did the C-section and my daughter was born perfectly healthy. She's not paralyzed her arm. You know, she can move all of her limbs, but hmm. I just remember, you know, he wasn't a Christian. And I just remember going to the doctor for all my checkups with all my kids. Cause you know, I homeschool, I didn't have family. So <laughs> when I go, when I go for my OB checkups, I have a whole gang of children with me and, <laughs> and he would pick Audrey up and he would move her arm and make sure that it would it would, um, that it, you know, she was able to move mm -hmm. it and everything. And he was like, I'm so glad she's okay. Wow. Um, and for me, that was such a, a reminder of how here again, God saved me. Like here again, God came and did what he does best. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. 
I'm just so grateful. Yeah, that's very sweet. I think of the verses in um, Psalm 139, 14 that says, I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. And God did that for you. He created, you know, even if your children would have had Down syndrome, it was still would still be a perfect creation of God because he makes no mistake. He's like the potter who can make what he seems is good to him. You know, he's the creator. And so I think that's that's very sweet, your testimony. Well, I thought something cool. Um, you know, I always love how the Lord meets us where we're at. And, you know, he knew he had a fearful daughter. And so he he gave her quite a few miracles just to prove he, he was there. And I think mm-hmm. that's cool. Well, thank you, Amy. It's been a delight having you with us today. Do you have any closing remarks that you would like to make? Just thank you for having me on your show and letting me share my story. I mean, I it's not something that you typically share. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. shared all of this with anyone. So thank you for um, allowing me to share it today. Yeah, it's been very sweet. And I know the struggles you've gone through, even if it's not struggles with, um, you know, childbirth or something, anyone can relate to the struggles of having fear. And I think when we cast those at the feet of Jesus, then he can take them and give us the courage to walk through those hard choices in life. Creator God not only made us, but he has put within each of us the knowledge to understand that we were created by him. As we allow God to help us through tough choices in life, we will experience his wisdom and his power to make right decisions. One of the wisest men who ever lived was King Solomon. In his book of Ecclesiastes found in the Bible, Solomon talks about sorrows and the futility of a life without God. And in his concluding verses in the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Until next time, look to the Lord, because it does matter. See ya! Adios. Bye for now. Bye. God bless.